Welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm Andy Mitten and I'm in Marseille. I'm with Jim White, a long-time United We Stand contributor and football writer, mainly a football writer for the Daily Telegraph. Uh, we watched France play Albania in Marseille last night and we're both walking to Marseille-St. Charles train station. We're going to walk through the Arab Quarter uh, towards the train station on the Rue Nationale. Uh, it's quite an interesting area. It, and if you read the guidebooks, they say it's not the safest area at night, but it's 9.30 in the morning. And we're walking past a shop selling um, very garish, false, fake football shirts and some textile shops. But one thing I noticed yesterday was the price of coffee here is one euro. And in Leon train station, it's three euros 30. So if you want good value, go to the Arab Quarter in Marseille. It's a city with a 40% Muslim population and they often get a bad press and you see the, the local Arab youths who were uh, spotted attacking some of the England fans. But in my experience, the people have been absolutely fine. I had a drink here the other day, a coffee. Um, I, I, there's a couple of bars which have got Union Jack flags outside, and I don't know why. We're going to walk past one in a minute. But anyway, Jim's a guest on this podcast, not me. Jim, how have you found Euro 16 so far? Well, I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it a lot. I, I particularly enjoyed your guided tour yesterday of the Vieuxport area of Marseille, telling me exactly where you'd watched all the shenanigans of Russia against England uh, on, on, on Saturday. Those were the steps where there was a fight there. Were, the Russians came round there. So and I, I put it all into, you know, I'd only seen it on the telly, but now I think you should, you should set yourself up as a guide. Just before we talk about the trouble in Marseille, what do you see in the bar in front? A Union flag. And that's in the middle of an area where it's supposedly hostile to uh, British people. Yeah, the trouble in Marseille. It is only the Union flag. It's It's only the Union flag, yeah. Yeah, and there's loads of um, people drinking outside this bar, locals. And uh, there's a big Union flag. But the trouble in Marseille, it was moody as fuck at the weekend. The Russians, the tear gas, the French police overreacting. Uh, I saw trouble on Friday night on Saturday night and there was a pretty hostile atmosphere in Marseille and the British, the English fans do not help themselves. I don't think you deserve to be assaulted by a lunatic with a gum shield just because you're pissed but the amount of alcohol some of the English fans were drinking made them horribly obnoxious and they didn't even realise it. I sat in a section of Russian fans and some English came in and they were just so horribly pissed that the mood changed again you don't deserve to be twatted for that by some meathead from St Petersburg but it was definitely a contributory factor Jim which games have you seen so far and which players have you have impressed and more to the point, which place should Manchester United be signing? I've seen uh, Spain against the Czech Republic. Uh, a guy you probably not have heard of um, playing in centre midfield for Spain called Andres Iniesta. Thought he, he looks all right. Um, you, know, seen... you, you know, Iniesta was put to United two years ago. Word got to United that Iniesta might not 
be as happy as people may think. So Edward would definitely knew about Iniesta, but I think it was just an agent playing the, his client against the few clubs who could afford to pay the sort of wages he was after. And also knowing that Ed Woodward tends to buy, if, you, if, you've, got a, if you've got a contract negotiation, get in touch with Ed and, he, and, and he'll put an extra naught on the end of your new contract. Yeah. Uh, he's been played like that several times before. Yeah. I, I, the interesting thing about Iniesta was, um, he, you know, he was part of this incredibly successful double act. Xavi and Iniesta, you always said it. You know, where, whereas... Uh, uh, Gerard and Lampard were the kind of hail and pace of football double acts. You know, these were the top guys. These were Laurel and Hardy. They were absolutely... Laurel and Hardy, but with better punchlines. They were incredible. And the thought was that Iniesta going solo might not be as effective. But he was... I have never seen this century a better performance than he gave against the Czech Republic in midfield. That good? The, 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 the one that betters it was Keane for United in the semi-final in 99. But oh, the greatest game ever. It, it, it just, I mean, he's, for a United fan, it's wonderful watching Iniesta like this because he is so Scholes-like. He's probably better than Scholes. I think he, I think he, well, this performance I saw, he literally did nothing wrong. Not one pass was wrong. Every pass was perfect, perfect in its weight, perfect in its timing, and the right choice. Every time he did the right choice. Quite incredible to watch. Some of his passing, you can't work out how he managed to get it there. There was a pass he did from the left side of the penalty area across to Wanfran, the uh, attacking fullback coming down the right into the box. And it seemed to go past about, I'm, I'm not joking here, about 12 other players. But it arrived absolutely at Wanfran's feet. It was just, it was majestic, quite brilliant. So obviously he's not available. Um, well, although just, uh, uh, although uh, uh, he'd be a good buy, still. Oh, of course he would. Uh, I do think he's happy in Spain. I think his family are happy in Spain. He's got his little wine company in Spain with Terry Gibson as his English agent for selling wine. <laughs> I interviewed Luis Enrique just before he got the Barca job and he was talking about Iniesta with such enthusiasm and this was when Enrique wasn't a Barcelona employee and he, he said he's like a character in Harry Potter or Wizard whoosh, he's gone past you <laughs> and I love that line because I think his, his awareness of what's going to happen next and who is going to be where in two or three seconds allows him to to do that, and he's had a great season with Barcelona as well. And him and Xavi were the double act. Unfortunately, they did United twice in two Champions League finals. But Xavi's moved on, and Iniesta has stepped up, and they've got this axis now. He's, he's very effective with Sergio Busquets just behind him. But enough of talking about Barcelona players. We're walking up now this huge staircase. There's a very nice. French lady just walking past us, Jim. Did you see her? Sorry, not being professional there. Uh, up to Marseille St. Charles train station. There's a great view over the city. Iniesta aside, we watched a little bit of a game yesterday where there's a very dominant player for Slovakia. Hamsic? Yeah. Excellent player. Uh, I thought he was superb against Russia. I, I saw him against Wales. I saw the game against Wales and he was 
he was good in that, but not as di- dominating as he was against Russia. I think the Welsh midfield was a bit quicker than the Russian one, and uh, they were closing him down a bit more effectively. Very good player, Hansi. Um, got some very dodgy tattoos, but he certainly knows a pass, and he's quick, he's nimble. Have you ever done thoughtful. a recording climbing up a massive staircase before? <laughs> I'm with, losing my breath here. With a backdrop to the soundtrack of Marseille, which is a police siren. Been like this for about five days. Um, I thought he was. Uh, I thought he was really good. I thought he was excellent. And I, I, I went to the press conference beforehand, and I didn't know too much about the Slovakian team. Obviously, Martin Skirtle um, is, is a familiar name. And, and a I former him, Manchester City player, uh, Vladi Vice who scored against Russia. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I thought, oh, well, at least I'll be able to pick Hamsic out because he's covered in tattoos. He's got them right up his neck. He looks almost like a Chilean footballer. He's got yeah. so many tattoos. And he's got a Mohican. Easily be able to spot him. Out comes Slovakia, who looked like something out of Hollywood casting for a, a bunch of street thugs, you know. They've all got Mohicans. They've all got tattoos. Hamsic just kind of blends into the pack. Until he gets the ball at his feet, and then you suddenly realise, oh no, that's the guy. So on. Um, I, I sat in the velodrome last night around the friends and family of the France players, and there's a, a young kid with Payet on the back and a red Mohican. I think it was his son, because the lady next to him had a French shirt with Payet on the back, and the man next to him also had Payet on the back. And adjacent to them was a group of six people, all with shirts with. Conchesley on the back <laughs> and that, as someone pointed out when I put it onto Twitter they're probably the only six shirts that have ever been sold <laughs> it's with his name on the back it's though uh, Andy because the two dominant players for, for France are players that we're familiar with in the Premier League uh, which is Dimitri Payet who everything flows through Dimitri Payet for the French all the set pieces flow through him but also all the crosses Unfortunately for France, the guy getting on the end of the crosses is Olivier Giroud, who gave a masterclass in how, when you've got a laser-guided cross coming in, to put it over the bar. Not, not miles over the bar. Giroud's a showman. It's just an inch over the bar every time. He makes space, he makes room, he climbs, heads over the bar. He had another superb cross from another player we know very well, and he hit the post. That was Patrice Evra, um, a player who apparently was um, past it when he left United three years ago, uh, has played in the Champions League uh, at the top of Serie A and is now playing in the Euros. And has just signed another two-year contract to stay at Juventus and he's very confident that they can win the Champions League next year. He's saying he's he's as fit as he's been. I actually have to thank Evra for my ticket. Um, I'm I'm not travelling as a journalist in the press box during these championships. I'm just applying and I'm mingling with fans and writing about my travels along the way and doing a diary each day which I tweet to so you can read if you're interested in um, but I, I didn't get tickets for two matches I really struggled and I, I basically pulled in contacts and Johnny Evans got me a ticket for the the Nice uh, uh, fixture between Northern Ireland and Poland and Patrice got me one for uh, France against Albania and he said uh, come to the hotel and, and, and pick it up said fine and then he sent another text saying and if you know anyone else who needs one and this is complimentary so very lucky uh, I can help but they have to be Man United fans (laughs) 
And I just thought, this is brilliant. This man is absolutely obsessed with Manchester United. His only stipulation is that they've got to support Manchester United. I mean, what was he going to do? Was he going to check them for, for a season Frisk ticket? Them for a, when, yeah, when a city season ticket. Well, that is a man who fell in love with a football club and has never fallen out of love with it. And I mean that. He, he's... In, players who'll play with him will say that absolutely infatuated with Manchester United I thought he did well ever I thought he, he did and, and Martial started Martial, and he, he didn't do well Martial uh, the French crowd um, took out their frustrations it was a nothing was going right for them I mean they scored in injury time uh, Albania held out for 90 minutes and, and France got two in injury time Albania did really well Albania were really great. well Albania, physically actually, good fit athletic strong motivated it, it's that kind of tournament you know yep. Iceland had done very yep. well the smaller nations are not getting mm. turned over um, it, you know because they're well organised because they're very fit they were physical Albania yep. they were yep. they, they were dishing it out on Coman but Martial became the butt of the frustration and he'd make a mistake and you could hear the crowds oh, oh like this kind of sigh of exasperation it must have been very hard for him that was his first competitive start for his country and they were really having a go at him and um, uh, Didier Deschamps took him off at half time um, and I wonder whether that was to protect his uh, confidence as much as to change the way that France were playing. The other person who really stood out for France yesterday and is a player who is more plausible for United to sign is N'Golo Kante. Um, I remember talking to somebody about Leicester um, quite early on in the season and saying, oh, you know, the usual crap, Vardy, Mares, uh, you know, uh, Robert Huth, uh, great defence, etc., etc., no, no, there's only one man who makes Leicester work. Uh, and, and who was that you spoke uh, to? Uh, uh, I, I was speaking, it was a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, Kante needs his contract upping. Edward was moving in. And, 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 and Kante is absolutely loved by the French. Interesting. You know, whereas Martial makes a mistake, they say, oh, uh, Kante, oh no, forgiven immediately uh, because he's become to epitomise kind of France's heart and soul. Martial elicits a, a mixed reaction and even when he moved to Manchester United the transfer fee was sneered at by a lot in the in the French media it would have looked a bit snobbery as well but you do sense if a player serves his time in France like when uh, Gignac came on last night local hero in Marseille he had such a big bank of credit when he came onto the pitch and because Martial has not he's only played at Monaco who don't have any fans He's never got... And not, I, I, not, not that long either. I mean, Payet's, you know, uh, a player who they regarded as a gem before yeah. anyone else mm. seemed to spot him. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he was... Uh, he, 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 he definitely has that kind of... Uh, um, yeah, in, uh, as you say, that credit in the bank. Um, the, I've got 13 minutes until my train to um, Lyon. You're going to Toulouse yes, today. Yes, I'm going to see Italy. Italy. And, and now Italy, I think um, if you saw them against Belgium, yeah. um, I only saw it I'm on sorry. telly. I only saw it on telly. I didn't see it um, uh, live. Um, but I think Chelsea fans will, will have been salivating when they saw that because Italy on paper were nothing compared to Belgium. And Belgium have got all the stars, all the celebrities, yet they completely tactically outplayed yeah, them. Yeah. And you have to think, 
that's coming from somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I think if I was a Chelsea fan, I'd have looked at that and thought, hey, we're going to have yeah. a manager next season. Yeah. The problem Conte's got is he doesn't speak a word of English. And whether he can communicate that via a translator is going to be an interesting... Um, it's going to be an interesting dilemma for him. I was at the game in Lyon, €145 ticket. I wouldn't say that it was good value because I think it's an extortionate amount Ooh. to pay for a game of football, especially when it's not the team that, that you support, especially when you get piss wet through walking into the stadium as well because it was a what, massive can, can, Sorry, Andy. What? We are in the south of France in yeah. June yeah. and it's cold. What is going on? It, the last, is this climate change? It, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> It rained heavily when I went into the game on Monday in Lyon. It rained heavily when I went into the game on Tuesday in Saint Etienne, Portugal, Iceland, or Portugal, as the fans kept singing. And it was about to rain yesterday uh, as I walked to the, the France game and we stood here on the steps overlooking the city of Marseille, which is a great city. Oh, it's you know. a brilliant city. It gets a bad rep, it's a great city. It's a brilliant city. Port Actually, I, uh, part of the reason why it's so brilliant is you feel kind of excited just arriving. Yeah. You feel on edge just arriving here. Because it is quite rough. I mean, that bit we've, we've been through, look, we're looking out across these lovely old buildings covered in graffiti. I mean, you know, there is a, there is a real edge to this place. Our trains are in 10 minutes. How are you feeling about Jose Mourinho and Manchester United? next season it's clear that there's going to be some some more signings um you, you've you've long argued the point in the mag that Mourinho was the right man to take Manchester United uh, forward I was arguing a very unpopular opinion that Ryan Giggs should become manager and I think Ryan's gonna gonna leave United and wish him well if he does that um love to see him become a successful manager uh but I, I accept that it's probably good for him to to go away and if he's going to come back in the future, maybe do it in a stronger position. He's not been aided by sitting next to Louis van Gaal. Things just haven't worked out as he'd hoped. And that happens in football. Timing's mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Could you have said a year ago that um, Kante and, and Martial will be starting for, and for French? And Payet. No you know, things change quickly in football. But United and Mourinho? Um, well, Mourinho is a workaholic. He's extremely well organised. I mean, any player you, you, you speak to will talk in, in kind of awe who's worked with him about his organisational abilities. You know, the fact that he will have planned three months in ahead what his substitutions are going to be almost. And that's fairly similar to Van Gaal, but I think he's, I think he's more pragmatic. I think, you know... I, 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 I go on about his reaction uh, when United played Real Madrid and uh, Nani got sent off and Fergie was ranting and raving. Mourinho was plotting how to exploit the moment. Uh, and I think that we will see that, that from him. Obviously, there's an ambivalence towards him because of his past, because of his history, you know, because he tends to stir things up. But for a while, that would be quite exciting for United fans. You know, he's, he's not going to be a, 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 a benevolent presence. I mean, it's going to be exciting when he takes on Guardiola in a way that Van Gaal never was going to be. It was just going to dull us out. On the, on the question of football, actually, I think Mourinho gets a, a bad press because he will do what's required. Yes, he will part the bus, but he doesn't invariably do that. And when he was in charge at Real Madrid, they broke the goal-scoring record. They scored over 100 goals in the season, so it's not invariable. And I think we might see some, some much better football uh, from him. I think the players will respect him. And, and, and what... 
footballers most want is, a, is from a coach is someone who will make them better. And I think there'll be a lot of players who will improve under Jose Mourinho. And it can't be any worse than under Van Hart, can it? It's good. Let's not even go back over that. Let's let's say thank God that's over. I spoke to some people at the weekend who know Mourinho very well and the gist of their point was what Mourinho and Man United going to get? The motivated, charming, um, talented manager that they once saw or the man in the last few months at Chelsea who looked like he had the world on his shoulders, who was irritable even to people who he knew wasn't getting the best out of his players. I think Mourinho knows his stock has dropped, knows he's got a point to prove. He's had a, a rest. He can, he's got the talent. He's at the perfect club in terms of the backing he'll get. There'll be no interference. The club he's wanted to be at club, for yeah. a very and long he, time. And even, you, know, you mentioned that game in 2013. I think even then he was plotting to, to become Manchester United manager and he's got that chance now. I'd love to carry on talking, but it's eight minutes past ten. My train is on platform C at 14 minutes past, going to Lyon and then Dijonville. And yours is at 17 minutes past, 18 minutes past. Platform H. To Bordeaux. So, thanks, Andy. Enjoy Good yourself, luck. Jim. I'll catch up with you I'm going to walk towards the train, platform C. And you're still up for writing for United where you stand next season? Sorry, I forgot what platform I'm on. <laughs> you just try to dodge out of a new contract here. For, um, I'm getting Ed Woodward to up my contract. He wants me for. Um, uh, the United magazine so uh, it'll be, it'll, I'll get him to call you well United We Stand readers treated you to a meal yesterday I know that your columns go, go down very well have a KFC safe journey lovely take See care so I'm walking onto platform C now to get the train up to Lyon to meet up with some Northern Irish fans um, the trains are fantastic in France although they've been hit by the strikes at the moment uh, I'm in the engine shed of Marseille train station it's a place where a lot of Man United fans will know after our visits here. Visits which didn't pass without incident. The police were very aggressive. Uh, the fans were two in 2000. And Marseille is one of those cities. But I quite like it. I quite like it. The Summer United We Stand is now out. It's in all the usual news agents. We posted all the subscription copies out at 6.15 on Wednesday morning from Manchester. Uh, we've posted all the single issue orders out within 24 hours of receiving them. And I'm sounding like I'm pausing because I'm trying to work out which coach I'm in on the, on the train. Um, and you can download it as well via our Exact Editions app or via iTunes. Have a good look at it. It's the biggest ever issue we've done. It's 56 pages. We've put hundreds of hours worth of work into it. Um, there's a big Wayne Rooney interview in there and there's some, there's some really good articles and bounce say that because I've edited it but it's the, it took a huge effort to get it all together um, so please support what we're doing we've got a substantial print bill so we need that to be paid for but um, you've all supported us so hopefully you'll continue to do so I'm going to board the train and we're going to be back with another podcast with the lads next week the second part of the one which they recorded earlier on until then, goodbye.